Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Amplifying Voices, a fact anthology podcast on partisan politics, policies, history, peoples, and California community colleges. The podcast is brought to you by the Communications Committee for the Faculty Association of California Community Colleges. I'm your host, Ryan Tripp. For this particular episode, we're chatting with Dr. Wayne Downey from Santa Rosa Junior College. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Downey. Thank you, Ryan. I'm, I'm really happy to have this conversation with you and was really excited to receive the email and the invitation to meet with you about this particular subject matter. Likewise. Yes, I'm uh, thrilled and I uh, look forward to a very uh, fruitful conversation about a subject that's been very important to me throughout my educational career. Of course, that subject is disability. What is your uh, background and path, first first off, to California Community College instruction? Um, well, my background was facilitated by my father, who was a who was a community college instructor for I would say about twenty five years, and then I have an older brother who taught for the for the uh, California Community College District for. I think he did about 30 years. So it was just a natural evolution that I would uh, start taking classes. And uh, despite the fact that I thought I was convinced that a university was uh, the best game, it would uh, turn out to be the community college, which would be my path uh, specifically um 25 years with San Rosa Junior College and uh guest lecturing at, at various other community colleges around the state. Um I've naturally been asked to participate in conversations around uh disability studies, disability perspectives uh, due to my own physical disability and uh, life as a person who uses a wheelchair. So my perspectives are both anecdotal and, and academic as well, too, which has uh, definitely informed me about different perspectives pertaining to policy, uh, politics, and, and making the, uh, the institutions more accessible to, to different people with different needs. So can you elaborate a bit on how um, you've uh, not only become involved, but advanced disability studies and activism? Well, I figured that I could do one of two things. I could either, either be on the front line and talk to the legislator, or I could be in the background and and focus, uh, focus on research, education, uh, writing, uh, developing courses. And I was not much for being out public speaking per se, but I really did enjoy the research and developing curriculums and um, lectures and other activities that would enhance the awareness of people with, with different challenges. And so I decided to stick in the background and, um, and I think I've been very fruitful in that way to uh, 
to serve on committees and, and as well as uh, updating, you know, policies and procedures. What have been your contributions to course design curriculum and pedagogy vis-a-vis -vis disability in California community colleges? And what is, I think this is probably a, a, a central question here, is what is disability to you? Well, some people may consider disability the challenge. Uh, some people may consider disability as an affinity or an affinity that might lead somebody to be part of an affinity group. I don't know in 2023 that disabilities have to be uh, a limiting characteristic. I, I think that they can be a, a distinguishing characteristic that, that naturally is a part of a person's identity. And with that in mind, since we're broadening our path and curriculum to be more inclusive, uh, specifically with uh, diversity, inclusion, access, that it's natural to begin to identify people with different characteristics as, as being able to function in the institution with the least amount of interference possible. Okay. Um, so since you've been uh, teaching and administrating, how is... Uh... How is both disability as an idea and uh, disability in practice, how has that uh, changed in California community colleges and perhaps remain the same? I think it's changed because a lot more people are willing to disclose uh, some sort of unique characteristic or challenge that they may have. Uh, I can remember back in the day when this was something that you didn't really want to share with people because it was something that could be used to stigmatize you, categorize you, limit you. And I'm finding people uh, being a lot more open with their, with their affinities and, and being more um, conversational about what makes them unique and how they function in the world. And, that certainly has been my case as I, um, you know, collaborate with the public and, and bring uh, community college options available to people who may not know what we do or what we can do for somebody who chooses to enroll um, at one of our institutions. So I think it's, it's very exciting. I believe that people are, well, especially with me, um, I've been teaching online and, you know, prior to this pandemic for about four years and through the pandemic, and a lot of people could only see my head, and they had no idea about what my uh, particular appearance was, and um as we become more reopened people, I wouldn't say are surprised, but they have noted that, well, we felt like there was something different about you and the way that you approached different people that was more welcoming, more, um, it just seemed more natural as opposed to something 
that um, was more policy driven. Uh, you know, it's basically who I am. I like to talk to people. I talk to everybody, um, have long conversations. And uh, so it's been a really interesting time to, to reintegrate with people and uh, talk about what makes us unique and also emphasize that what makes us unique doesn't have to be scary or intrusive or something that you have to be ashamed of, but it can be just a distinctive characteristic that, uh, you know, is, is part of who you are and, and let's go with it, roll with it and, and make it work for you at the community college. Do you actually teach disability uh, activism, history, culture? Uh, if so, can you provide examples? Well, throughout my teaching career, um, you know, I have always been a guest speaker. I was a serial guest speaker before I uh, started teaching on a regular basis. And of course, the first thing I noticed in courses that I was asked to teach is that there was very little about uh, disability studies. And I was very fortunate to have um, some mentors that were very adept at disability studies. And uh, so we had very long conversations about pedagogy, accessibility, how this would fit in. I think the interesting part of designing a course about disability studies is that disabilities are an experience that's going to encounter everybody. So regardless of your, your ethnicity, your identity, or whatever characteristics you have about you, there's a good chance that you're going to have a disability at some point in your life. So given that, without scaring people, I thought it was appropriate to make sure that in the context of psychology, sociology, and a little bit of political science or ethnic studies, that something about disability be covered um, in the course, given that in some capacity in the given discipline, that disability is something that uh, is going to need to be known about uh, for the purpose of um, connecting with people, inviting people into the conversation, uh, representing different experiences, and also giving people a handle on, eventually when you get into the work world, you may work with somebody with a disability, and how is that experience going to be like? And what can we take as we're building this course to make uh, points, concepts, um, activities uh, helpful as you begin to navigate uh, working in a diverse world and not being afraid, but being willing to learn, to adapt, to understand to different people who may have uh, different needs or just different perspectives. And, um, and really being cognizant that people aren't asking you to think for them, 
but just to recognize that they have an experience, a perspective, uh, just as everyone else does, that is relevant and should be uh, flushed out in our, our common narrative as, as teachers and uh, and presenters and policymakers. Uh, so given that, um, it's at this point of the game, it's, it's very, uh, it's kind of second nature. Every time I, I'm offered a course, I'm always scanning the course outline of record to see where uh, disability is in there or is not in there and how it would be relevant to to have a conversation with the either the dean or the department chair to see um, their take on, you know, adapting concepts per policies and procedures that are going to be copacetic and, and not just somebody with a very strong opinion or strong idea. And I think that people have really enjoyed uh, being invited into the construction, modification, or update of a particular um, academic course. So I, I hope that someone gets close to where you're wanting that question to go. Yeah, I do. Um, so what do you think um, should be the major goals uh, for disability services and activisms, activisms in, uh, Cal in a given campus and across the California community college system? Well, a couple major goals is making sure that everybody has an opportunity to to go to a community college and that people don't feel like, well, I can't go to a community college because I have um, too many limitations or, you know, my needs are too great. Um, I know for myself, as far as as far as services, you know, it took me a long time just to be able to say to somebody, you know, Ryan, for an example, I just need you to be my hand. If you can just be my hands as we construct this, I can share with you the ideas that, uh, that we're going to collaborate on to build this. So services, I identify as being somebody's hands or 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 being the skill set or the um, the dexterity that a person might not have. Um, as far as um, activism, that's an interesting word because it certainly goes back a long time. Um, as far as just fighting for access. Uh, fighting to be recognized, fighting for um, expenditures, um, fighting for uh, recognition, uh, you know, and again, my take on activism is this is not just for a specific group of people, this is for all of us who at a certain point in our life are going to get hurt age or something may happen that's going to make it 
more challenging. And with that said, wouldn't you like to have something in place that may benefit you if that time should come in your life, as opposed to having, you know, an event and occurrence happen and have a need that's that nobody was willing to discuss because they were afraid that it was not um, constructive, um, respectful. But you know, I don't know that asking for uh, services or, or activism is is in that way. But just you know, being able to articulate. I can't get around the campus. You know, I can't get into this building. I can't get into the bathroom. I've been locked in the bathroom for an hour. Um, can we deal with this? Uh, I think the challenge when it comes to activism is that the ADA is so interpretive. You know, what is a, uh, a justifiable accommodation? because accommodations are not universal. Or what is an unjustifiable accommodation? And then how do we deal with the challenge of a need that might supersede a budget? And what would be some compromises or workaround as opposed to just saying, well, we can't afford this. and and you're kind of out of luck. So I think that just getting people to be able to talk without feeling like they're being targeted is a very constructive way for, for academics and administrators to begin to have a fruitful conversation without people feeling like they're walking on ice and somehow they're going to fall through and you know, get um, branded as somebody that doesn't care or is being perceived in, in, a, in an unfavorable way. So the reality, if we step back a second, Ryan, is to remind people actively that you, me, all are going to experience something at some place in our life. And given our changing economy, given our changing demographics, we're all going to have to keep a community college in our back pocket because we don't know what, um, what needs and developments are going to have. And, you know, as a teacher, I have to go back and constantly uh, take CEU units to remain relevant. So when it comes to, to disabilities and technology, have, being able to recognize what are some effective ways of, of adapting something so that uh, it could be more universally uh, beneficial as opposed to specifically beneficial. But this is part of the narrative going forward is just, and this is a big approach I have is, is talking to, well, talking to Apple for an example. 
you know, hey, your voice recognition software doesn't work that well, and you have a lot of people who are coming down with carpal tunnel syndrome uh, texting all the time, is there a way that you can get the, the acoustic analyzer to be more accurate in representing voices so people don't have to deal with repetitive motion injuries, which is a lot more constructive than um, well, I can't use your, your equipment. Can you do something about it? So I, I think the framing of the, of the situation and the approach to the situation can take some of the threat out of it. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's a really good idea. And this could lead to some other things that could make our I'm not a spokesperson for Apple, but make anything work better for everybody. So the next questions are very, very, I mean, these are all complicated questions, but this, this is something that uh, I think should be impact. So um, I might have uh, follow-up questions here. Um, it has to do with uh, the concept of uh, disability disclosure, if a such a concept even exists. Um, um, it pertains to both student enrollment and then also faculty, staff, and even student employment in terms of uh, not, you know, disclosure isn't just a yes or no question. It could be a degree as to what your disability is, how it's assessed um, in terms of, as you put it, needs. Um, what, are you, what are your views on, on uh, so-called uh, disability assessment and disclosure to both, you know, the school if you're a student and, um, and employment too, I mean, you can be a student employee, but also faculty and staff uh, when you're applying for a, a part-time, full-time, or otherwise job. I know that's, it's a, a pretty sticky question. Um, and I was just wondering what your uh, views on that question are. I may have follow-up questions. Well, I think my first view of this question would be uh, consulting with, with uh, you know, we have lawyers for our district and finding out what the law says about, um, you know, disclosing a characteristic about yourself. Um, is it legal? Is it not legal? Whether someone's not comfortable? Um, you know, disclosing that they have some sort of a limitation. But from, and this is just my perspective, um, you know, I've never had the luxury of being subtle or discreet or, you know, some entity in the shadow. I've always been very <laughs> visible because of this huge motorized vehicle I drive around it. So it's really not been an option for me to, to decide whether or not I want to disclose because people would obviously conclude that, well, he's rolling around in this huge contraption, so there must be something going on. And um, so at this state, at this stage of the game, I think my perspectives are a little bit more um, focused on other areas, but I can see that for other people, it might be more challenging, threatening, scary. You know, how are people going to treat me? Um, you know, 
you know, for an example, you know, I have a doctorate degree. That's certainly not something that people can see, but there might be a tendency of, of trying to talk slower to me because of the perception of something cognitive going on. So there's this intricate dance of, um, of interacting with people and just recognizing that, um, that interacting with people doesn't have to be threatening. But I get that people have some concerns because I've seen my colleagues hurt. I, I've seen them struggle with people trying to interact with them uh, when they're on crutches or a wheelchair or something and they're in a very uncomfortable situation because somehow their their characteristics as a you know administrator teacher whatever their role is has somehow been diminished because of their quote-unquote physical capacities now I have I've asked my HR department a few years ago, how many people in wheelchairs do we have teaching uh, for our district? And uh, the response I got was, well, that's voluntary, voluntary information. So I have a tendency of being a little bit sarcastic, well, a lot sarcastic. And I said, well, does that mean I'm the only one? <laughs> <laughs> and the response I got was, yep, you're our guy. <laughs> you know, so I said, well, thank you very much. I need to go to class. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think just ha having fun with it, um, you know, but that's just me, um, you know, who's been doing this for, you know, over 55 years. And, you know, I suppose it could be, as uh, a major liability, and I don't want to diminish anybody who's dealing with fears of judgment, perception, you know, incapacities, not being able to do their jobs, stereotypes, um, attitudes. I mean, those are real things, and I don't want to diminish those things at all uh, because they're out there, and they're things that I talk about when I. I'm in the classroom, but personally, they're not things that I focus on as an individual. So I have the ability to go back and forth between anecdotal experiences and academic literature, which I um, lean heavily upon in my classes because I don't want to come across as somebody who's either a know-it-all or it's all about his perspective. Um, I invite people to, to have a conversation with me about my perspectives or experiences, which may be complimented by the book or might be contrary to the book, but that just goes with being an, an individual. So, you know, again, with our culture, wanting to be careful and get it right and not offend anybody. Um, I think that 
for faculty and staff, you know, or even student employment, I would have to, to consult with an ADA lawyer to find out, is that something you can legally require or not? So you can go ahead with your follow-up questions. Uh, actually, you, you covered a lot of them. I was just, you know, there's, uh, you know, I've encountered certain students where they've expressed to me uh, feelings that uh, the disability can be, um, if, you know, if you use that uh, word or even the idea, um, can be stigmatizing in terms of giving the impression that you're trying to get something from somebody as soon as you bring it up or something along those lines. And um, I know there's also two different stages of, you know, you can submit an application for student enrollment to a uh, California community college. And, uh, you know, should you report your disability on the application or should you wait and report it, you know, once you decide to attend said community college? These, I think, are, are I think, are uh, questions that I, you know, I've, I've encountered in uh, my time of instruction, which is one of the reasons I asked. Well, I know for me, um, I like to know because I want to make sure that all my material is accessible. You know, all my closed captioning is just pristine that there's no upside down question marks in there. Um, so I tend to be very um, neurotic about those little details. And I don't want somebody to have, a, to have any difficulties, you know, based upon something I didn't pay attention to. But at the same time too, I, you know, I have to acknowledge that I'm only human. Uh, you know, I, I do make mistakes and, um, you know, uh, and inviting students to, to, to bring anything that looks confusing or out of place to my attention and, you know, even throw in some extra credit points, uh, which will bring you a plethora of editors who are willing to, have, you know, to editorialize a video or your syllabus or an assignment that, that you might be presenting. So you kind of have to be careful what you ask for. All right. Um, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, so what disability-related uh, bills and proposals, past, present, and future, do you hope will become a California state policy, particularly in regards to California community colleges and why? I mean, what do you envision? Um, and, and what's currently on the table and uh, what do you think in terms of policy making that uh, the California uh, government can uh, provide and uh, perhaps reconfigure for uh, uh, people with disabilities? Well, Ryan, I'm gonna refer to an old um, data, probably 10 years, 15 years, and that is that roughly 70 to 75 people, excuse me, 70 to 75% of people with disabilities are unemployed or, or underemployed uh, because of their disability in itself and experiencing an, an employer who is unwilling to work with them and their, and their limitations. 
So just for a basic workforce um, expenditure, you know, capturing everybody with all the talent that they have is going to make California even more fantastic as we can incorporate more diverse experiences. And we were doing this a lot in the 60s and 70s when it got back to activism because people wanted to go to school, but schools didn't want to deal with people who had profound needs. So now we're at a place where if people are, are willing and able to to go to school and to work, then they should have the opportunity to do so. I know for myself, I um, I live about less than a mile from, from my job and uh, find it easier for me to motor with my service dog to work. And I don't have much hair on my head, so I wear a hoodie to try and keep from freezing myself. and. So I don't present as an instructor. And I've had people ask me what my major is or if I'm a community college student. And, uh, you know, I won't belabor you with the different responses that I've had, <laughs> but, um, you know, some of them have ranged from working for a you know, working in HR and majoring in students and the reward I get is a paycheck. And it usually takes people a minute to figure out, oh, he works there. Because I don't look like the, the quote unquote typical educator, uh, whatever, you know, that person looks like. Um, so I think going back to the related bills on proposal, the Lantiman Act by Richard Lantiman and John Vasconcellos back in, I believe it was the early 70s, was a seminal civil rights act for people with, dis with intellectual disabilities to live independently in community-based facilities and not just relegated to state-run hospitals. And I think that... Um, an opportunity to, to write um, into law um, an action that would include everybody, regardless of their physical or other um, characteristics that they have, that they will have an opportunity to go to a community college uh, preferably with no tuition associated. And I don't mean just for a person with a disability, but for all students. You know, this is one of the reasons why my father came to California in the mid 60s is he had six kids and his friends told him, there's no way you're gonna be able to educate all those kids, you better get to California because education was cheap and inexpensive or free. So out of six children, you know, five of them have graduate degrees. And without going into heavy, heavy debt. And I think that's really important to recognize that, that 
perspectives like that have given us, you know, semiconductors, electric cars, um, software development, you know, other leading edge technologies as a, as a consequence of making access easier, uh, you know, regardless of your, your financial standings. And it might be an opportunity to reiterate that regardless of your physical or other um, characteristics that you have, that, uh, that you can go to college, you can get the support that you need, and more importantly, we will assist you in placing you in an employment that um, suits your interests as opposed to I mean, I remember when I graduated from doctorate school, they handed me my diploma and said, good luck. You know, I hope it works out. Uh, well, they were more um, uh, supportive than that, but I, I really could have used some more guidance as far as, you know, you know finding employment. But... Um, so that's something that I ask students as they're going into majors is, is your department going to help you with, you know, job placement and getting over the hurdles of, of interviewing and finding an appropriate place to work once you complete your degree, certificate, or whatever your life path is. So aside from policy, what, uh, and this is going to be a more general question, uh, what are the futures for uh, disability studies in California community colleges? What do you hope will happen? I, no, I'll, I'll preface this as just being me. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope within the context of disability studies and universal health care, that people will recognize that majoring in nursing, radiology, home health care, certified nursing assistants will enable people who are older to live at home longer and enable people with various physical challenges to live independently and that uh, disability studies will enable people to find a fair paying job, um, assisting people with, with different uniquenesses, and that it will be viewed as a very legitimate and um, you know, appropriate way to be of service and also to support uh, yourself. Um, I'm hoping that people will recognize that disability studies is worthy of, of financial investment, grant writing, um, other uh, fiduciary support so that people can begin to, um, to build out what would be better for, um, for all of us as opposed to some of us. Um, I know myself, I'm hoping that within the context of disability studies, that this uh, autonomous driving vehicle will hurry up and get on the road 
uh, <laughs> because it's really annoying sometimes to ask somebody, hey, could you take me somewhere? As opposed to just going out, pushing a button, rolling in the car and, you know, uh, to the park or to a restaurant or wherever. And I think that's something that would really focus on our environmental aspirations, um, our technological aspirations, and also being inclusive, not to just people who don't drive, but people who, who are looking for a more uh, ecological way to transport themselves. And I think that could really come out of uh, uh, disability studies as far as transportation. You know, and also different home modifications. You know, looking at architecture, uh, you know, looking at the way that public spaces are developed with work, live uh, units uh, being catered to people with a variety of needs as opposed to just for people who have the resources to to be able to purchase that that kind of equipment for themselves, it's it's extremely expensive being disabled, Ryan. <laughs> um, which I'm sure you've heard before, um, but I think that the expense can come down, the inclusivity will go up, and everybody will benefit as California sets a pathway for for the rest of the world. Well, that does it for this episode, folks. Uh, Dr. Downey, uh, thank you very much for joining us. You are welcome. And I hope that um, this has met your expectations and your, your listeners are intrigued. And if there's any follow-up questions or additional information that anybody would like to have, um, I'm very reachable and uh, appreciate this opportunity to 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 share experiences and um, and uh, and invite you to to learn more about a very exciting field. All right, we'll put your contact info if you like on the site. We can discuss that later. Uh, Amplifying Voices is a production of the Fat Communications Committee. Please tune in next time.